Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. The world is crazy, and it is my job to inform you, uh, keep you up to speed on things locally here in Colorado Springs, El Paso County, Colorado, the United States of America, and the world, and it's out of control. And yet, I've, I've got, normally I put together a list every day of potential topics or uh, what certainly be talking about the coming days. A lot of times, I never get to it because there's just so much. Many times, I hand it off to... Bongino or Levin, because I think they'll probably be talking about it. But there are just certain things, and I know from a lot of people, they don't listen to everybody on KVR every minute of the day. So sometimes I think a little bit of a recap, at least to give you a heads up of some of the important things that are going on, uh, is in order. Normally that list is one page. I do it on my phone and I print it out for Ray, and, and uh, he's my producer, and myself when I get here. It's normally one page. Today, it's three pages and a paragraph on the fourth page. Can I get to it all? No, I can't. Can I give you a brief overview if you're heading to work or whatever, give you a brief overview of some things that ought to be on your radar because they are on my radar. And I don't know that myself or, or Bongino or Levin will get to all of these, but these, I think, are all things that you should know about. And, of course, there are some things that are just, you know, absolutely compelling, interesting, and incredibly important to some people. That would be uh, replacing Doug Lamborn and all the people who are thinking about running or have announced, etc. Um, but there are other people, it's like, you know what, just check in with me when it comes time to vote. I'm going to vote for whoever the Republican is. I don't need to know all of this. Well, I, I think I have to make a compelling case that you should be concerned about all of this because there's a, there's a pretty good variety in terms of the folks who are thinking about running there. And as I've said several times, I, I want it to be a small field that gives people uh, a couple of options depending on how they look at things politically or how they look at things in Colorado or the person who's considering running, but we don't need four, five, six, eight people on a ballot. That, that It's been trouble every time that has happened. So if I've got one goal, it's to be fair to everybody and to make sure that you're well-informed. And on the other hand, uh, the world is, is so crazy now that we need good people representing us. In fact, one of the things that I've got on my list here is who's looking out for you? And you don't have to call in with this, but shoot me a text and just give me the name of somebody. And it could be one of these people who's thinking about running, uh, who's looking out for you. Because I see a lot of people nationally, in Colorado, locally as well, who are looking out for themselves. And they're not really looking out for you. They've got their own motives. And, and I, I had somebody who advised me uh, on, you know, some good things to consider when you're trying to figure out who you're going to vote for. One of them is, is this, why is this person running? Is this person running because they need a job? And quite literally, there have been people who've run for city council, county commissioner especially, because it's a pretty good paying job, county commissioner. 
In the old days, it was a great job because you didn't have to spend an entire day working on things. That has changed. If you want to be up to speed, whether it's council, whether it's city council or uh, the county commissioners, you really have to do a lot of research. You have to talk to a lot of people. You have to read a lot of things. Um, so some people would look at it as getting a job. And in a fashion, I've said many times that it is a job interview. When somebody is running for an office, it's a job interview. You get to hire the person or not, and you get to ask the questions during the course of the interview. On the other hand, there are people who, you know, who are drawn to the power, the notoriety, the fame, the ability to, you know, have everybody sucking up to you or loving you. I mean, I've seen people who've gone up to Denver and I thought I knew who the person was here. And then they get up to the state legislature. They're not the same. And it happens all the time in Washington. You know this. There are good people who went to Washington. And it turns out that, nope, they get sucked into the whole thing, whether it's the influence or whether it's all the lobbyists telling him how wonderful they are. And that isn't even talking about the, uh, the sideshow that could be them benefiting financially of being in Washington. And on the other hand, you have people, and I don't know what percentage it is, but you've got people who honestly think it's a civil duty and they are public servants. That's why they want to be elected. They want to look out for the people in that district. And it's a challenge because do you look out for the people who voted for you only? Or do you look out for the people who didn't even vote for you? Or the people who are absolutely not even the same party? They're not even on the same page. I've debated that because I have to tell you, I think in a perfect world, you're actually representing everybody in your district. But I can tell you that if I were an elected official and you were trying to tell me that uh, diversity and inclusion is important in the military or in school, CRT is important at the Air Force Academy and uh, local schools and all of this. No, I don't want to represent that. So you, you can't please everybody and you can't represent everybody. But I think that that ought to be one of the starting uh, points when you start considering who you're going to be voting for, who you're going to be supporting. So we'll keep a close eye on that. As far as I know, there have not been any new developments in terms of people either expressing interest in running for the 5th Congressional or people saying, nope, you know what, I, I think I'm good. And there's a lot of dynamics to that. If we get a chance, I'll try to go into that. But uh, I'll give you a little bit of a timeline as well for what we can expect out of the fifth. I've called it a dance card, but I have a list of all the people who are thinking about that. Um, as I said, I don't think that's changed a whole heck of a lot. Did you know Ray Epps is going to be in court today? He's going to be sentenced for his part in January 6th or, or the part that the government acknowledges and, and I think they did this reluctantly. I think if they had their way, they wouldn't have even had to go through the, the show, and that's what it'll be, of prosecuting Ray Epps. They would have just let him go. Do I think I know exactly what the deal was with him? No. Do I suspect that he was either an informant, or a agent provocateur, whatever? Yeah, sure as heck do. Are you serious? But here's, here's the thing. Check out to see if the media that you listen to or watch or you read has even got that on their radar. And I'll tell you, there's an interesting fact as well that ought to be on the radar. And that was originally that sentencing was supposed to take place in person in the courtroom. And there's some people who are filing a lawsuit against Ray Epps. They intended to have uh, him served with the court documents in person 
in the courtroom or outside of the courtroom. It's a great photo op uh, to see this. Uh, but they also make sure that, you know, they've, they've delivered the uh, goods on him. And there's no question about whether he or his attorneys were advised, et cetera. So I think word leaked out that Gateway Pundit and some others were thinking about doing this. And in the last minute, the judge and, and the court system has, instead of having an in-court sentencing, they're now going to have kind of a Zoom meeting hybrid sentencing. It's just like everything else. It's peculiar. That's not normally what happens. And then you have to say, well, why would that happen? I tell you all the time that if something doesn't make sense, and if everybody else sentenced by that judge is in person, and this is you know an oddity or out of the mainstream, there's a reason. You don't necessarily get to know what the reason is. I think we all suspect what the reason is, but I'll try to keep a close eye on that. I'll give a little bit of a recap on J6 because there's still a lot of people out there who I, I think love to mischaracterize, not just what I say, but what everybody has to say about this. And it's always, it was kind of like the person who texted the other day. You know, you didn't ask hard enough questions for Dave Williams. Well, I asked a lot of the pertinent ones right now whether there's a conflict of interest, et cetera. And then we've got some other things that I think we get to as we go down the road. Uh, we're going to hear from Mike Johnson on illegals. He finally said it. We have the Speaker of the House who is, is uh, going back and forth with Jerry Nadler. And he finally says what we have known and suspected all along, that all of the illegal immigration is designed to give Democrats voters. That's where we'll start when we come back on 740 KBOR. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real, because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Richard Randall. So we're going to be talking uh, a little bit later in the show about the 5th Congressional and, and some details on that and, and a lot more uh, of local things. But right now I wanted to get this to you because so far as I know, you and I have probably been talking about the motive of Democrats having uh, illegals come to the country, uh, being that eventually they want to give them citizenship, including uh, the right to vote, and the assumption being that all of these people will vote for Democrats. And I think that is a safe assumption. I, I have to, uh, said to some of my friends um, who are Hispanic that they always take folks who are Hispanic for granted. And what they don't understand is that usually after somebody has come here legally, illegally, whatever, let's say for Mexico, because that, that was the most popular thing uh, a couple of years back. Usually once they get into the United States, they end up voting conservative after one or two generations. Why? Because they understand that Biden and, and Democrats aren't looking out for the working person in America. And if you've come here from another country and you're hardworking, you have family values, you want safety in your neighborhood, safety in the schools, these kinds of things, that's not 
part of the Democrat playbook. They've got other folks they're looking out for now. Uh, they're looking out for Palestinians. They're looking out for, you know, any kind of gender identity issues. And they're, you know, coddling the people as far left as they possibly can. That should tell you that there's an opportunity for Republicans to make a great persuasive pitch to those people. But I was looking at some video of uh, Joe Biden. He's in a church, American uh, AME. I always get that a little bit confused. It, it's uh, one of the larger brands of religion in the Deep South. And I've been in a number of those churches. Uh, they're primarily black. And they are very, the folks who go there are very conservative. But because they are primarily black, the assumption going all the way back to, gosh, the Kennedys and LBJ, what a phony he was. Uh, but they make the assumption they're all going to vote Democrat. Well, Biden is talking, and they had a couple of Palestinian supporters who stood up in church and started protesting, which we'll talk about just how effective it is standing up in church and protesting or shutting down interstates, et cetera. And this is not, this is not new. I mean, when you go back to Amendment 2 in Colorado, and Will Perkins was one of the people who was behind that, there were a bunch of people who went out to his church. In the middle of service, they started throwing condoms out and, and you know, creating a, a big issue in a place of worship on Sunday. And I, I don't understand how they thought that was going to help them. I don't understand how these people shutting down an interstate thinks that's going to help them. In any event, there's a lot of news that's coming off of the border. And uh, I'll try to keep a close eye on that because I think that is one of the most important things going into this election. I think crime. I think the economy, obviously, uh, what's going on in the world. But when it comes to the border, we've said for a long time um, I don't know if Bongino, I think Bongino Levin has probably said this, but I don't recall a lot of people in Congress being as blunt as Mike Johnson is. This is him with Larry Nadler. Listen up. Have not been eligible to vote in New York or as far as I know in any You know, we're going to come back. We got a little bit of a problem with that audio and we'll try. It worked literally uh, in the break. We we're getting that queued up and it was crystal clear. And we want to make sure that you got a good signal and the level. So we'll do that at the bottom of the hour. Uh, let me give you a couple more things that you can look forward to. And there is a, a clip that I found on X, formerly Twitter. It's an interview with somebody who's coming into the country and from Iran, incidentally. I mean, we've got about 150 countries that are being represented, people coming in. We've talked previously about as many as 50,000 Chinese who are coming in. And I saw a big article yesterday. It went on and on and on. And it was talking about the poor, pitiful people from China who are looking for a better life and more freedom and safety coming to the United States of America. And it doesn't say anything. I didn't read the whole thing. It was like eight pages. But the part, portions that I read made no reference to what you've heard about on this program from Lahinas Gonzalez, Todd Watkins, our national experts, uh, Colonel Mills as well, that there is a huge influx of people from China, but they're not coming here for opportunity or freedom of speech. They're more than likely coming here because if in the event of a war, they can be used here. 
And that, in essence, is what this guy from Iran is saying. I mean, he's pretty blunt. In fact, I, I was kind of surprised that he was willing to talk about some of these things. Let me give you a, a couple more things we'll be uh, talking about. There was an interview with uh, Michelle Obama, and it saw the light of day last night where she's talking about what keeps her up at night. And it is Trump and the possibility of an America under Trump. A lot of people speculating that she's saying things like that right now because she's thinking about running. And I've thought that for a long, long time. I, a lot of people have said, no, they've got a cushy life now. Why would they have to run when they can just still call the shots on Joe Biden? I think that's the biggest reason why uh, she wouldn't have to run would be that if they end up with a, a Democrat, uh, Barack Obama's probably going to still call the shots. But I think they are very nervous about Joe Biden. Oh, speaking of which, Joe Biden, I found a clip of him when he was a senator talking about border security and how important it was to have a secure border. All of the, all the talking points that you and I have talked about forever and if you listen to him, you would end up saying, well, geez, gosh, I'd vote for that guy. Well, here's the problem. If you voted for that guy, you set aside all the plagiarism uh, and you voted for that guy. Is that the same guy you have now? I've said all the time that you always have to be careful when you're quoting somebody or you're looking back on what Thomas Jefferson said. So did Thomas Jefferson say that when he was 28? Did he say that when he was 65? Because people's opinions and their view of the world or political parties, et cetera, can change over the course of a lifetime. The standard thing is, you know, when you're young, you're a Democrat a liberal, you get older and you become more conservative and you become a Republican. I think there's some truth to that. I got a couple of crazy friends who have never grown up, apparently, because they're still as liberal as they were when they were in college. But when it comes to Joe Biden, you would think that the mainstream media would have looked for this clip and have played it over and over again. You would think that everybody in America would have been familiar with that clip. We'll play it for you. You can tell me whether you're familiar with that or not. We're going to talk a little bit about Lloyd Austin. Wait a minute. So you have the, the, the Secretary of Defense, and honestly, he's a minority hire because his qualifications really don't match up to being in that position, especially after uh, he was in uh, the Middle East under the uh, Clinton administration. He's the guy who came up with the term that ISIS was just the JV team. And, you know, Obama ran from that. Uh, it turns out that under Lloyd Austin, a big chunk of what people you know probably in your neighborhood or you work with or you're related to served in two Gulf Wars. And a big chunk of Iraq went back to ISIS because they weren't up to speed. This guy, and I don't care whether we have a secretary of defense or, you know, one of the top joint chiefs of staff. I don't care if they're black, if they're Hispanic, if they're Asian, if they're white. That's not the question. So if you want to have a minority hire because you need to send some message that this administration is so inclusive, then have somebody who's competent. Could you at least do that, have somebody who's competent? And, and not somebody who goes AWOL, absent without leave, for four days is at ICU at Walter Reed, and the chain of command, including the commander-in-chief, doesn't know this? Are you kidding me? I think you bounce a guy like that immediately if that's how he looks at the chain of command. I need your thoughts if you're in the military or, or you know somebody who served. What are they thinking about uh, Lloyd Austin being out of commission for four days? The president and uh, a lot of the military staff had no idea. Back after this.
Richard Randall, so let me get to this right off the bat um, because I want to deliver on what I said we we're going to do. Uh, this is actually from Congress. This is the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. And I like him a lot. I, I'm seeing people are, are equating him to Kevin McCarthy, et cetera. It's just not true. I don't think it's remotely true. I am concerned about you know them going ahead and funding the government without cracking down on the border. I don't know the ins and outs of that, but it seems to me that he's been very firm on the border. And Congressman Lamborn or somebody else has to explain how some of these bills make their way through. And I'll try to keep a close eye on on why, you know, this additional funding to go forward doesn't force the Democrats to approve funding for the border. In any event, uh, this is what Mike Johnson says the end game is when it comes to more than, what, five million people uh, coming into the country illegally. Non-citizens uh, have not been eligible to vote in New York or, for, as far as I know, in any other state uh, since the 19th nope, century. Got, That's yeah, not true. Yeah. The New York City Council voted we got a little December. bit of a problem here. It, in essence, he gets straight to the point and says that the real end game is – here, let me put it up again. January 9, 2023, it's cities in Vermont and Maryland already allow this, and similar everything. measures are under consideration. In we have a ghost in the machine. And no, it's not true that whenever I try to do something like that, uh, Merrick Garland or the others try to jam my signals. Kidding, kind of. Um, in any event, uh, you've got Mike Johnson who calls it the way it is, and that is they want folks who come into the country illegally. They want to give them a pardon. They want to give them amnesty. And it's not just about anchor children, anchor babies or whatever. These are people who come from about 150 different countries. And what, you're going to have some of these 50,000 people who've come from China and come into the United States, and, and they look military as hell. And now, not only are you going to allow them into the country, but you're going to let them vote? Are you serious? Yeah, that that's them, absolutely. And so he goes up against Jerry Nadler, and, and Nadler is saying, oh, no, 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 no. This is only a situation where we have New York and a couple of other places that Vermont, I think Montpelier, or uh, some of these other places, just municipal elections. That's all they're going to be able to vote in. Oh, oh, and there's no slope that you guys are going to slide down here. It's only that you're going to do this in certain you know, municipal elections, like in Denver or in Boulder or Martha's Vineyard, because they've been so accommodating for people who've been sent there from Texas or from Florida. Of course, this is what they want. And it, it's just part of undermining America. And I think Mike Johnson is right to say that people have been, you know, speculating about what the motive is for having a completely porous border. And I don't know if there's something there that you can explain beyond what Mike Johnson just said. I'd like to know that. Um, I w there was something that I, I wanted to bring up here. Let's get some of this local stuff and I'll get your reaction to some of it. Um, Keep a close eye on what is going on with regard to the 5th Congressional. And one of the concerns I've got um, has to do with, you know, whether we've got somebody who is going to uh, not cause problems 
and, and let me just be real blunt about this. I've got concerns about uh, Dave Williams. Now, he's been on the program a number of times. He's the chairman of the Republican Party. But I've got a lot of concerns because I keep looking at what's going on in the state legislature. And I'm looking at some of the races. You have Bob Gardner. Uh, some people say, you know, he may be running for the 5th Congressional. And uh, you have Stan Vanderwerf, who is uh, running for that position right now. People are speculating he might run in the 5th Congressional. But some of these seats are so important. I mean, I can't I just can't tell you how important it is to make sure not just on the national level with a representative House of Representatives nationally, but here in Colorado as well. They have a super majority in one house. And if we lose another seat, Republicans do, they'll have a super majority in both houses, which will allow them to put things, for instance, saying as part of the Colorado Constitution. That you can have abortion on demand up to before a delivery. And, and I know that's what we have right now. But we're talking about amending the Constitution in Colorado. And all I can do is I, I just go back to the last election. And this is my take on it. I'm not, you know, the, the guru. I'm not Bob Levy or some of these other people. I just know this. My gut feeling tells me that if the El Paso County Republican Party had worked hard and peak Republicans who never said that they were the Republican Party had worked hard. We probably would have in the state legislature Rachel Stovall, Dennis Heisey, and Dave Donaldson. And those three seats and those three votes could make a huge difference. So why are they not there? Well, I don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know because we, that, that didn't happen, that they were working hard. And I understand there's going to be infighting. I hate it. There's going to be infighting. But that's why I say you have to go back to is somebody looking out for themselves and their own power, et cetera. And in this case, perhaps at the expense of having Dave Donaldson, Dennis Heisey, Rachel Stovall in the state legislature, that's no small thing. So I'm just saying, as you're evaluating all of this, you need to take that into consideration. Let's go to the phones. Hey, Kenny, you're on 740 KVR. What do you have, Kenny? Hey, good morning, Richard. Morning. So I think this is actually a multifaceted purpose, okay, with the border. Number one, when you look at Biden's speech over the weekend when he was at, in Pennsylvania and he was talking about our founders and our country and democracy and making it all patriotic and that Trump and the MAGA supporters are a threat to the country and to the democracy, that's a problem for them because they see – the white generation right now in our country as the problem because they can't keep indoctrinating us because we're awake and wise to what they're doing. So they got to bring in a new generation of people, which is multifaceted. One, to give them things, to get them to vote for them like you're talking about. Number two, there are young people, young men primarily in their 20s, mixed races between the Hispanics down in in the border area, and then, like you said, the Chinese nationals, Iranians, and they want a civil war because their progressive agenda demands that this Constitution be communized and destroyed, revised, rewritten, and if they have to bring in other people and put them in our military or bring them into the streets because the more their crimes are exposed, the more there's going to be an incentive to use them, to pay them, because let's look at them hypothetically, okay? Who's funding these people to get there? Because by the time they get to the border, they look like they're well taken care of. 
They don't look malnutritioned. They don't look like they're, you know, dehydrated. Not all, okay? I'm not saying there's not some of them like that, but you're seeing a pattern here. And they did the same thing to the white Western Europeans countries in Europe, okay? And Soros and many other banking entities and, and uh, families are behind this. And that's because they cannot move forward with the great reset that they want to do in the financial community without destroying the United States first. And that's the multifaceted approach of why these people are being allowed. And are they going to hit the streets between now and 2024 when Antifa and or BLM or other, you know, terrorist type things begin to happen? If they do, there's a lot of things that are planning in this thing because they know that when Trump comes back, and this is what Biden says in his speech, Trump's going to use the military. Oh, Kenny, you're a conspiracy theorist. Go read the speech. Trump's going to use the military. He's going to have special powers, Biden says, and he's going to come out against them. And that's why Michael Obama is freaking out, because they know that their justice is coming for their crimes, not because Trump's just going to go after them. It's going to be their crimes against this country for treason. All right, Kenny, let me let me thank you there. Um, I do think a lot of people have said, you know, the whole White Hats military thing, and I've been skeptical of it, too, because I keep seeing evidence of people who are personally, you know, I know people or they, they know people who, you know, they, they could have gotten another star and they're walking away from the military because things are so bad there with the Lloyd Austin types, et cetera. Um, and, but I do see postings on X, et cetera. And there was one this morning talking about uh, Trump and his generals. Man, you have faith in it. I wish I had that faith in it. I really do wish I had that faith in it. Let's go to Steve. Steve, you're on 740 KPOR. What do you have, Steve? Steve. Uh, tell you what, we'll take a short break, come back, and uh, pick it up there on 740 KPR. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Richard Randall, so we got a lot of text messages. I'll get to them here in a second. Let me get to the phone. Steve, you're on 740 KVOR. What do you have, Steve? Yeah, Conspiracy Kenny was talking about white people. Trump has said that immigrants who are coming to this country are poisoning the blood of America. Adolf Hitler said that Jews were poisoning the Aryan blood. Um, all three of these people seem to be espousing the same sentiment. I'm wondering if you'll do, denounce do you think, and reject Do you think it. that uh, President Trump is a white supremacist or uh, a, a white, you know, uh, extremist or something? Oh, I mean, no that's doubt. what you believe. Why I just need you to say, I think President Trump and, and his supporters are white supremacists. Am I a white su- supremacist because I support President Trump? Unless you'll denounce and reject Trump's statement. No, you're, I, you're I done. You're done. See, I told you guys the other day. That I am not going to be the hitman for Democrats locally in Colorado or nationally, because you are the people along with the mainstream media and the great example. And I'm not going to play it again. I played it, uh, you know, half a dozen times. Go back to Charlottesville. 
And, and the mainstream media, people like you carry this narrative that President Trump says they're good people on both sides. And we've got all these white supremacists walking around with tiki torches. That's who he's talking about. He's a white supremacist. His followers are white supremacists. Should you denounce them? Trump denounced them in that same comment. Do you know that? You know damn well that he did. Because during one of the impeachment hearings, his lawyer played what the mainstream media and the Democrats had played, which was they're good people on both sides. And all they had to let it do is let the tape run for about another minute where he said, and I'm not talking about the white supremacists and the white extremists. He said that the same day, about a minute later. So you're going to take comments completely out of context. Then explain to me why so many people of color. Hispanics and, and blacks especially, not all of them, so many of them are coming to realize that Joe Biden's not looking out for us, and President Trump and his supporters are not white supremacists. I don't have it handy, but over the weekend, I watched a black guy. He goes to a Trump rally, and he's got a cameraman with him, and he's expecting to get fireworks as he goes through uh, all the P Trump supporters who are there. He doesn't get it. Said everybody turned out to be really nice, and uh, apparently they're not the white supremacists and extremists that he thought they were. But it's a great narrative, Steve. It's a great narrative. Any more than, you know, they play the clip where he says some of the people who are coming in illegally from Mexico are rapists and gangbangers and all of the rest. And he, did, he said not everybody. And yet somehow, because he says that, the extreme that we're supposed to go to is, yeah, we'll let in anybody into this, this country, you know, these days. Well, until one of you can tell me why in the world the border is a complete sieve, then I'm not buying any of it. And I think that uh, Mike Johnson was absolutely right. That, that's their game plan. And they're scared to death. I mean, this goes back to Barack Obama. And his whole mentality that the United States is not special. We're just like any old nation out there. That's the, the globalist view that these people have. But they were wrong. The United States is special. If you take the United States out of the equation just for the last century, go through World War I, go through World War II, we made the difference. Cold War, etc. Europe is still thankful, decent people in Europe are still thankful that the United States was there to save their butts during both of those world wars. And, and the Germans in the First World War, you know, when, when they went ahead and surrendered, it was because the Americans were getting there. They thought they could win the U-boat war and, and win that war before the United States could get there and get the troops over to Europe. But they were wrong. And when the American troops got there, that was it. All right, uh, Gammy, you're on 740 KBOR. What do you have, Gammy? Good morning. Well, I'm a year older now, so my new nickname this year is Gangsta Gammy. There you are. Good you. deal. All right, Gangsta, I, what do you got? I want to tell you something. I took some notes for you. The lens that we use to choose the people that will represent us, govern us, I made a list of five things that I think most of your audience and you probably too, would use as a lens to choose them. And, and to give you one example before I list them, when you go to the city council, you realize they're also connected to the utilities board. In other words, they city are, yeah. council has a bigger reach than just city council. Absolutely, you know? yeah. But I need you to go fast on the, on the, okay. the five so, things from the lens. All right, commissioners do the same thing. They have all these bodies, and both of them – 
choose for five years trustees that sit on the Pikes Peak Library District to choose, you know, materials. So keeping in mind that when people vote, they're not just voting for one person. They're voting for someone whose outreach into their governing in their community is huge. Great so point. number one in the vetting, of course, for me, it's the election truth. Dr. Clinton's movie, Let My People Go. Candace Cutstream wrote a minority report that is awesome, and you should talk to her. Uh, COVID, weaponization, global killing, and then um, the grooming from K to 12, you know, with SEL, DEI, uh, CRT, all that mess, the border, and then the government weaponization against people who most nine-tenths of them are God-fearing, love America, you know, kind of people, love their families, love their communities. And when you pick these people, whoever you pick, do they show up like we have been for two and a half years at city council, at commissioners, at health boards, at meetings, you know, at public events? Are the people who we are vetting to represent us, will they understand that we have a lot of things to fight to get even a fair vote right now. But secondly, are they going like uh, not just going to show up? Hi, I'm here. I'm running for blood. blood but do they, did they, do they participate in the causes that are near and dear to every citizen and parent's heart in this community? I think that's important, but let me ask you a question. I've only got limited time here. One of my issues with, you know, one of the the candidates, but also it's been an issue for a long time. I'm not going to surprise anybody with this. And that is, so would you vote for somebody who says, no, you know what, if I don't win the primary, I'm not going to endorse the winner of the primary? Because I think that's really, really important. There's some people out there that have not been asked that question, need to be asked that question. So I'll ask you, Gammy, would you vote for a Republican, whether it's in the fifth or anywhere else, who defeated one of the top line or one of the candidates that you preferred? Would you go back to the general and vote for that person? It, you, you asked me that, and I answered you a year ago. If that person is someone that I really object to, no, I won't. And what would be the really object to? If they don't support the critical issues that we're vetting people by as conservatives. And I mean critical issues. Okay, nope, I I don't have time. But I I will say this. Um, I want people to think about this because I know some people don't like me pointing this out, whether it was the last election with Dave Donaldson, Dennis Heisey, Rachel Stovall. But uh, Tina Peters, on the other hand, she's on the phone talking to Danielle Neuschwanger, telling her to get out of the race. She's not like, you know, Ron Hanks or, or, you know, Todd Watkins, Vicki Tonkins, where, you know, well, I, you know, I really can't. Get, so I want you to think about it the other way. 180 degrees different. The reason I don't respect the main reason I don't respect Dick Wadhams is that I asked him, I said, if it turns out he's never Trump, if it turns out that Trump is the candidate and it's Trump versus Biden, would you vote for Trump? Would you support Trump? And he said he couldn't. Now, he may have some of the same arguments that you and some of the other people have, but how can I respect Dick Wadhams for having an attitude like that? But now all of a sudden I'm supposed to support other people who, well, that's okay. You know, I don't know if I could, you know, support. I'm here to tell you, you know what? You can call them rhinos, you can call them whatever they want. Uniparty, this and that. I'm here to tell you that unless somebody gives me a good example where I'm wrong, any Republican, May not be as conservative as I want, may not line up on every issue I want, 
they're sure as hell going to be better than any Democrat that they're running against. And the stakes are way too high. Right now, El Paso County, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and this nation and this world. And you are right, Gimme. I want you to understand that when it comes to the issues— I think people like you and I, a lot of the top line people, some of the people in the state Republican Party, the El Paso County Republican Party, the majority of these people who are running uh, for these positions, including the fifth, we're on the same page on most issues. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't like in a company, and I don't know like how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah, and like Jay Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah, yeah. To that, remind me not to quote any hip hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. When you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen.